We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. folks. Sorry about that. Um, Got a lot to talk about. Colorado to the Big 12. Big time news. Big time uh, implications. You also got, um, let's see, yep, there we go. Yep, figured it out. You got Demarcus Demarcus Riddick flipping from Georgia to Auburn. Kind of expected this. Right, uh, key position battles ahead of fall camp. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I did too. You know, I do. You know, I need a sign language interpreter. Would be nice. Um, but anyways, Juan Daniels, are you there? I can't hear him or see him. <clears throat> anyways, we will get started there. And let's see. So we'll start with Colorado first. Uh, so Brett McMurphy started, uh, I want to say about three hours ago, four hours ago, uh, to confirm that Colorado is leaving the Pac-12, uh, going back to the Big 12 in 2024. Um, so Colorado, it sounds like we'll receive the Big 12 share from the ESPN Fox media deal. Uh, Buffalo, uh, the Colorado left because of the Big 12 stability and the Pac-12's uncertainty. Um, kind of interesting. Um, and, and, and honestly, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I'm, you know, want to get y'all's t- uh, thoughts on this as well, but kind of expected this, right, with the uncertainty around the TV media deal with the Pac-12. Just one of those things that it just doesn't bode well for the Pac-12. You, you lose... You lose UCLA, you lose USC, now Colorado's going back. Um, you know, listen, all things to me are telling me that I just don't see the, uh, the Pac-12 sticking around too much longer, uh, especially as a Power 5 conference. Uh, just me uh, hearing that there. Um, uh, let's see. It's interesting, you know, it's going to the Big 12, so it kind of tells me that Pac-12 is more of a more of a competitor in the Power Five. Uh, you know, do you see a, do you see a current Group of Five team take over the reins of the pa- uh, Power Five? Right? 
but I, I think the biggest question after Colorado leaves is what does this mean for Oregon and Washington? Because uh, that could that could make or break some things, and it'll be interesting. I don't know why this keeps doing that. There we go. Oh, look at that. Anyways, uh, let us let us know in the comments what your thoughts are on on the relocate or the move back to the Big 12. Yeah, it's interesting that it's happening right before, right as the playoff expands to 12. I think that's interesting to note as well. Um, let's see if Juan Daniels comes in. Juan Daniels, is that you? Yep. What's going on, man? Not much, man. No, we were we were talking about. Colorado and the move uh, I don't know, news broke recently about Colorado going back to the Big 12 next year uh, what are your what are your thoughts initially on that um, I, I think it's a it's a pretty good move simply because the Pac-12 which will eventually be the Pac-10 is kind of falling apart um and I can just see them actually being downgraded from a power five to, you know, something else. Um, so I, I think that's a good move for Colorado. Um, Dion is, uh, you know, one of those guys that people are going to want to see. They're going to want to talk about. They're, he brings a lot of hype. And uh, people are going to want to watch these games. A lot of people are going to want to see Colorado get beat to absolute death. Um, and then there's going to be a lot of people that want to see – um, Colorado and Deion Sanders succeed. So I think it's a good look for the Big 12. You know, to me, I think you also look at the situation where you have um, Colorado getting back some uh, rivalries, right? I think you look at Nebraska potentially. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good move for Colorado. I think it's a good move for college football. But the writing's on the wall for the Pac-12. Um, you know, my thoughts are it won't last long at all. Um Within two years, I think you see an issue where um, I don't know if it disbands, but it might, it might not be the Power Five, or you might see Oregon and you know other schools uh, jump ship. Uh, that, that's just my thoughts. What are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I just think that uh, you, you know you're you're going to get the 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 Pac-12. You lose two of your heavy hitters, which are going to be UCLA, USC. Now you're got you know you've got people that are courting Colorado. You got people that are courting um, Oregon, and if they lose, it's going to be worse. But then who do you replace these guys with, right? Nobody wants to see San Diego State. Nobody really wants to see Fresno State become a pack pack you know to come into the Pac-12, and it's going to be really really hard to look at the Pac-12 as a serious conference if. These are the teams that you have. I mean, you can even add a BYU, but it's still there's you know they're they're not going to necessarily give a whole lot of you know added benefit to the Pac-12 actually being relevant. Um, so it, it, it's it's going to be difficult. You know, I, I just see the Pac-12 kind of faltering. Yeah, I, you know, obviously you have personal ties to the Pac-12. Um, I definitely think that'll be interesting to to see how this plays out. Right, it's a big domino. Um, in college football, um, listen. There's a lot. Of, there's you know. There's been a lot of talk about the conference realignment, and obviously, it's just one team. But I think this might be the the needle that broke the camel's back when it comes to the massive realignment. I, I just think that's the case. Um, and no, not no. We're not saying that. 
uh, go BYU, get that, get that crap out of here. Sorry. Um, just going to leave that there. Uh, also, right, obviously we're going to leave that there. Uh, Demarcus Riddick, uh, four-star linebacker, five-star, depending on where you look at, um, decommits, flips to Auburn. Uh, kind of expected this one. Um, it's a good linebacker, though. Um, obviously, I don't think – I know it didn't surprise me, right? And then you look at two days ago – or two nights ago, I should say, you, you pick up the number one linebacker in the country in Justin Williams. Uh, definitely eases the blow there. Um, but still, nonetheless, that is a um, an elite guy going to your rival. So it's never fun to see that happen because uh, now you're going to see him every year. Uh, and, on, and that makes two linebackers in this cycle – uh, that Georgia's kind of lost to Auburn. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that Auburn's, you know, put Georgia in a locker on that one. I'm not going to do that, <clears throat> excuse me, considering what Georgia's about to pick up uh, to finish the linebacker hall off. Um, what are your thoughts on the decommitment? Obviously, like I said, I thought it was expected. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, here, here's what you're faced with right now if you're a Georgia commit, right? You're going to – be forced to work hard. You're going to be forced to battle and compete each and every each and every step. I mean, you see a smoke buoy. I mean, there's a lot of speculation on what happened with that, but I, I think a lot of it had to do with the competition. It's to compete at a high level, and the the way that Kirby has set up his program is you're each and every play. Each and every, there's there's no taking any plays off. It is you got to be great in the classroom. So you're going to see a lot of people that don't necessarily feel like they're going to be able to step up to that. And so you go to an Auburn or go somewhere else with the hopes of also being a star without really having to work for it. And that's unfortunately what, what we're seeing with a lot of these kids. Is they want to go and become an instant star without having to put in the work. Yeah, it, it, sounds, it sounds like that – if I'm not mistaken, he had mentioned that he just said that Georgia didn't feel like home anymore. And, you know, that's interesting to hear. But at the same time, I mean, he's a bad, he's an Alabama kid, right? So it might make sense for him to stay at home, right? Um, but when you look at the rest of this class, man, in the 24th cycle, I, I'm pretty convinced that I, I think everyone in this class is solid at this point. Um, that, that's just my thoughts on it. Um, and with the expectations that are in place for who Georgia can pick up to kind of finish this class off with. It, it's just, listen, you can take it for some bad news for what it's worth, but this, this news, if you will, of Riddick leaving one, it's been months in the making. It's the worst kept secret I've heard uh, this for the most part, this cycle that impacts Georgia, but then just, just wait the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some things, uh, and some dominoes fall that are going to be really telling, and, and it's going to, you know, it's going to make a lot of people pissed off at Georgia fans because uh, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of it. So um, obviously some kind of unfortunate news. Don't worry about it. It's kind of unexpected. Uh, first things first, Juan. Uh, Want to talk about our first sponsor of the night, and that's Apotheos. Apotheos Coffee, guys. Get yourself some Apotheos Coffee. If you're not familiar with Apotheos, check them out on our website, dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos. Go, go check them out, understand more about the company. And if you want to shop, you can also just go to our website, 
uh, click the drop down from the shop and click on Apotheos and start getting your coffee. Every single bag that you get using our website, 20% will go to the Classic City Collective because Apotheos is the Classic City Collective official partner uh, or a coffee and cold brew partner. Uh, so there is that. Follow them on Instagram at Apotheos Roastery. Follow them on Twitter at Apotheos Coffee. Guys, get you get yourself a bag. Get you get yourself a big old bag if you need to. Right? Get yourself a huge bag. Just gonna leave that there. Thanks, Apotheos. Juan, <laughs> um, I want to talk about some key position battles. Um, fall caps coming up here. I think like in a week or so. so I think the second. August 2nd, I believe. Um, first off, I want to get your experiences from fall camp. What is that like uh, as a student athlete or football player at Georgia? What is that like? I mean, you, you know, it's uh, just really just getting back into the swing of things. And it's funny because you would think that you would pick up from everything that you learned last year, um, but it's not. It's like you get back to basics, you know, really just back to basics, really back to, you know, hey, I know that this is what this play call was, but it's just, you know, it, it, it's simplified and it's just kind of dumbed down. And um, it, it, it's, it's very interesting. And then you just see who you're going to be going up against. You're sizing up your, your, your competition, and then you just go and battle. You go and battle for it. What are, what are you going to do additionally so that you could get on the football field? And, uh, you, you know, a lot of times it's, it's going to be nutrition, hydration, um, and – and, and also being healthy, because think about it, if you are not healthy and you miss a couple of practices, you've really, really, really put yourself far behind. Um, so there's so many things that you got to think about um, into that upcoming season. Also, too, you've got new recruits that have just signed. They're coming in. They're trying to take your spot. So you got to be at the top of your game um, right when fall camp uh, comes up just so that you can be able to compete in the, uh, in the fall. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, right? I think a lot can be told uh, from fall camp because of the fact that it's so close uh, to the start of the season. I think what needs to be said is, you know, you start looking at these position battles and who's going to get the most reps. Uh, I, I think at the, I think at this point, um, you get that last, you know, that last month or so, and I think you start to really see from from an outsider's perspective, whoever's getting that reps is basically probably going to be the starter. Um, that's the I would assume that's the expectation, um, but I think Georgia might surprise some folks. Uh, you might see some rotation from you know I'll, I'll break this started off uh, the cornerback two spot one. I think that's a key position battle. Uh, I, I think you look at Kamari Lassiter as cornerback one. I think he solidified himself there. Uh, I don't think the safeties are a question. I think you got Malachi and you got uh, Javon Bullard, probably Tyke at star. Uh, but when it comes to that, that second cornerback spot, uh, I think that's going to be a war. Um, I think you see that war being played out from the spring to the summer. But now you've got the summer enrollees um, that are trying to, you know, get some reps as well. Um, you know, you got, I mean, I would say some key names there, Nyland Green, Julian Humphrey. Right? Those, I think those are two big names right there. Dalen Everett is another uh, what are your thoughts on that cornerback two position battle? What What are your maybe expectations or predictions? Um, my, my expectations. Um, here's the thing. Um, Malachi Stars kind of set set the tone, set the precedence for to say, hey, you know what? I don't care if, uh, if I'm a freshman. I'm coming in here with the attitude to start. 
And so I, I think Green is going to be one of those guys that he just has that mentality, hey, I want to either be that second cornerback for sure or just go ahead and start. They are going to be going just as hard, and they have to be ready in the event that, number one, if you go to a dime personnel, nickel dime personnel, because you want to be that guy that's going in, or number two, in the event that somebody gets hurt. And so it, it needs to be a plug and play. So I, I, I see Green uh, going out there making a push. We have a great secondary right now. But, I mean, you know, look, look for those guys and say, listen, man, Malachi Starks last year came in and started as a freshman. He was that special. I feel like I'm special. I want to go in there and, and compete and do this exact same thing. I don't think it's – I don't think that's that much of a stretch, right? I mean, it can be done. Um, when you look at when you look at it, though, I do think, you know, Nylon Green had himself a nice little uh, spring game, man. Uh, Dale and Everett did as well. But – if I had to make a prediction as of right now, and I might be wrong, but if I had to make a prediction, I think you see a slight edge going to Nyland. And I think him just being in there, I think he's finally getting things, like understanding things and getting getting his opportunity, uh, enough of an opportunity to kind of seize it and hold on to it. Uh, so that's my slight prediction ahead of fall camp. Obviously, we'll look at this. We'll look back on this come week one and see what happens. And, hell, you never know. I might be wrong, but so be it. Um but I, I, I give and listen. I think another thing that doesn't, I hope it doesn't go unnoticed is his tenacious uh, effort on special teams. Oh yeah. Um, if if you look at his effort on special teams, Kirby rewards players for that. Um, I mean, we all remember, you know. Obviously, I don't think he was it was needed, but Tennessee game, right? Him pushing the ball out of the one, right? That that's a that's a tremendous effort play. And I would assume that Kirby didn't forget about that. And you have to assume that he rewards him for something. Um, so, like I said, that's my prediction. Um, but I think you're going to be set regardless of who you put out there at cornerback to. Oh, I, I, I agree. And just like you said, the, the emphasis that's put on special teams is extremely important. But that's where you make your living. And, you know, for somebody like me, you know, coming off my red shirt year, I had an opportunity to get on the field by just being on special teams and you give it everything that you have. And then once you make the special teams, I mean, you take pride. There's nothing greater than going into all of these, you know, these, these big time stadiums, Neyland stadium, you know, you're going to Jordan Hare, you're playing in your own home and you're getting an opportunity to run down that field as the crowd is screaming and yelling. You just take pride in that. But that just shows the coaches, hey, if you're willing to take care of something that not everybody loves to do, I can trust you when it's time for you to go and actually play on the field. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, we, we talk about the cornerback spot, but I think another thing that probably will be noticed is the defensive line and how how that looks, right, the rotation. Uh, I mean, you've got several guys that are experienced veterans in this uh, you know, upperclassmen. Uh, who do you expect to stick out and, and be one of those – guys that step up and become that alpha dog on that defensive line? Well, just the, just the first, uh, from a first string standpoint, obviously, I, I just think, my, you know, Michael, he's going to set, he's going to set the tone. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then everybody else is just going to kind of follow suit. Just kind of like, you know, when Jordan Davis, when he was, you know, he, he was there, Big JD, he was that guy. Everybody just kind of followed suit. Um, but I, I just look, look at him to set the tone. Um, and, and, and him to be that leader because they are the front line. 
they're going to open, um, you know, make make things happen, make plays so that those linebackers can run free. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback um, and the running backs to help that secondary out. Um, but it starts with him. Um, and then, you know, anybody and everybody else will have an opportunity to fill in. I, I'm not opposed to that one, but if I had to choose, I would. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say that it starts in the inside, and, and what I mean by that is Zion Logue. I think Zion Logue is primed to have an excellent year. Um, waiting his turn, right? He had Jordan Davis in front of him. Jalen Carter was there taking reps. There, there's no J- Jordan Davis. There's no Jalen Carter, right? Not even Bear Alexander, if you will. Um, I think this is his time to grasp a starting role and a leadership role for this defensive line. Now, I'm with you as well. I think Michael's just pure talent is going to be a problem for everybody. Uh, but I think the impact comes from Zion in the middle. And I think Warren Brinson as well. Um, not saying that it's just those two guys solely. But I think you look at those two guys to be the heart of the, in- of the defensive line. The heart. Not the best, the heart, because they're the most impactful. I just think their leadership is going to be unquestionably needed this season, right? You've got Michael, sophomore now, um, you know, but I think if you have interior play that's pretty well solidified and it's a solid interior front, that opens up Michael off the outside. That opens up, you know, whoever you want to put at the edge, whether it be Chaz or Marvin Jones. Um, you know, I mean, even even Damon Wilson on third downs, right? If you have good interior line play, that you know this, complements each other, that opens up more one-on-one opportunities outside. And if you give me a one-on-one opportunity with a guy like Michael or Marvin Jones or Damon Wilson, that is downright deadly. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, if, if, if those guys can run free, if they, if they they can come off the edge and, 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 and run free and wreak havoc, not only are they set, are they setting the edge, but that pass rush, it just makes it just that much more dynamic. Yeah, uh, Visor mentioned Stackhouse as well. That's another one. Like I said, there's a ton of experience on this defensive line. Uh, and you bring in other freshmen like Jordan Hall and Jamal Jarrett, it's, it, there's just a plethora of depth and experience and talent there. It's, it's going to be one – it's going to be fun to watch. Oh, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, uh, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships, and 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 I really do believe that they're going to step up and, and and just do it again. I mean, you, you know, you you saw the stats on the number of rushing touchdowns that Georgia's given up over the years, and it has been extremely low, and that's because of that defensive front. Yeah, I want to switch over to the offensive side of the ball, though. Um, if I had to choose a position battle right there, that's going to be the receiver because there's so many there's so many bodies there. And I think it's quality as well. Uh, how are you going to feed everyone the ball? Uh, I want to ask you this since you're a receiver yourself. What do you expect? What do you see happening here with the receiving core? I, I tell you, you're, you're, you're just going to have a mixed bag. It's, it's, it's really difficult. If, 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 if I'm being honest, it's just to kind of gauge because there's so many moving parts, right? So you got Lad McConkey, he's coming back. He's going to be a force. You got Ra Ra Thomas, you got Lovin. I mean, you've got so many people that are, are, are there. You just don't necessarily know who to prepare for. And that, that can be very, very difficult. Um, 
you know, and, and I think Bobo will stick to that traditional, hey, rotate guys in and out, rotate guys in and out. So you can't necessarily prepare for some, you know, for, for one particular person. But, you know, we've got a lot of speed. And one of the things, too, that I think that is a huge, huge, you know, thing for Kirby is the blocking. If you guys want to see textbook blocking, you watch a Georgia football game and you see how they just completely dominate defensive backs. Yeah, I was, I mean, I think Todd Munkin showed that a little bit, but, you know, going back to what you were saying, Bobo, I, th- I, th- I definitely think you'll see that. I'm excited. I'm excited to see guys like uh, Dominic Lovett. I- I'm, I'm ecstatic to see what he does uh, and how Mike Bobo can get him the ball. Uh, obviously, I think Bobo's going to give a ton of uh, opportunities for for Bowers as well. I, you, you have to. He's the best player on the offense by far. Um, you're, he's going to get the ball. But when you've got the running backs and you've got right, you've got other uh, receivers and you got a lot of them, I, I'm excited. I'm excited just to see how we move the ball around and distribute it. Would that be? Yeah. Would that? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, there's so many weapons, um, and, and I don't think that in, in, in Bobo's time, whether he was at Jacksonville State, whether he was at Colorado State, um, Auburn, South Carolina, did he have this much firepower with an excellent quarterback. And one of the things that I love is you're looking at all of these SEC preseason, and, and you don't see hardly any mention of the receivers. You don't hardly see any mention of the – the the uh, uh, the running backs, of course, they don't mention anything about Beck, who I think Beck will rise to the top. He will absolutely rise to the top. I mean, you see, we've got a you know a lineman or two on there, but you know they're they're not necessarily looking at Georgia to have some of these preseason you know SEC guys. But I, at the end of the season, I just think it's going to be you know lights out offensively. I think the production is going to be lights out. I, I'm ex- I'm excited to see how we utilize our running backs as well. I think Kendall Milton's time is now, uh, but you, obviously you can't sleep on Dejon. And, and I think if I have to be the most excited and most intrigued, I think it's Andrew Paul. Um, Andrew Paul is about to have a breakout year. I just have this feeling. But are you excited about the running back room and how we're going to be utilizing them as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and just like you said for Kendall Milton, he's patiently waited his time. So it is, it is, it is, it is his time. Dejon proved to be a big time running back. I mean, heck, he was, you know, doing doing great things in that semifinal um, against Ohio State, making big time runs. And so for him to be a freshman and him to be put in that situation lets you know that he was ready. Paul, I, I think he's gonna go out there and he's gonna make a statement. All of those running backs are gonna be able to eat because of the the play calling because of the quarterback play, because of the, of the receiver play. It's almost like, what do you prepare for each and every game? You know, I'm interested too, right? We haven't even brought up the fact that, you know, the offensive line is, the first team I would say is pretty set, right? Um, but there's a ton of backup players on the offensive line that are, I, I feel will probably play on Sundays. Um, I'm going to be intrigued to see the rotation, how that plays out. Uh, you know, obviously, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you know, right tackle, you got Maris Mims. I, I think you look at Tate Rattledge at right guard. Cedric at center. 
probably Xavier Trust at left guard, and then left tackle could be Ernest Green. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But are, is there anything that's going to stick out to you along the offensive line or what you're looking for? Um, again, just Mims coming back. He's the he's the leader, right? I mean, he's a guy that. You know what? First and foremost, he wanted to take off and leave and go to I think it was Texas A and M or somewhere else. No, it was it was Florida State. It was Florida yeah, State. Florida, yeah, yeah, Florida yeah. State. Then he comes back and says, "You know what? I want to be home." He's had an opportunity to play, so he's going to be the leader. He's also going to be, you know, you know, setting the tone along with Brock Bowers, along with you know Oscar Dell, along with Lawson Lucky. So from a blocking standpoint, and then you know having that extra blocker, you get in a 13, 13 personnel. That line is going to be absolutely fantastic. You're going to have some hard-nosed guys that are that are going to be pushing that uh, that defensive front, so that we you know so that we can run the ball. They're also going to do a great job in the quarterback. Um, you know we're 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 in for a fantastic year. Yeah, speaking of quarterbacks, right? It's, we I mean we've been talking about every position and we haven't touched the quarterbacks yet. Listen, Carson Beck's going to be the guy. I, I just have that feeling. I think. If, if any indication came away from G-Day, Carson Beck was a guy. Just the most in, in command of the offense, just most accurate, right? Just in general, the best quarterback that day. I, listen, the, the question is not what – or the, the, the intriguing part, I should say, is not the starter. It's who's the backup. And, and I think it's going to be telling to see what happens. You know, Gunners had a good offseason from what it sounds like. Good spring, good summer. Right, uh, both looked fine in in uh, in G Day. Right at G Day, they both looked fine. They had their ups and downs, as as kind of to be expected there. But there's been a lot of hype and buzz around Gunner, and it'll be interesting to see if Brock is the number two or Gunner's the number two, because uh, whoever becomes number two, I, I think that's telling for the. Well, I think it's pretty telling depending upon who it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I see. Um... Brock being the number two only just because he's got an additional year over um, over Gunner, but um, you know Gunner has a physical style of play. Um, but but the other thing too that really kind of gives Gunner the upper hand is that Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo when they were at South Carolina they had Gunner uh, as 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 their main guy, and he he committed to Mike Bobo, he committed to Will Muschamp, so. Obviously, there is a package or there's something that uh, Mike Bobo had planned for Gunner um, for him to be a starter. So that that's going to give him a leg up just simply because it is with Mike Bobo. But again, I see right now, I just see uh, Brock uh, Vandergriff being the being the number two. Yeah, I mean, experience matters. We've seen that happen, right? Um, you know, just over time, right? Kirby seems to value the the experience there. I think it'll be interesting, though. You know, our schedule should permit us to see two, maybe even three quarterbacks. You would assume, right, Juan? Um, what kind of what? Obviously, looking ahead, if we look into the season, do you expect to see some of the same uh, in regards to how we operate the offense? What I mean by that is, last year, bet when when Carson came in. He was allowed to operate the offense, right? He was allowed to go through the progressions and do these things and operate the offense as if it was his offense. Do we see the same thing this year with whoever whoever is QB two? Um, it'll it'll just 
it'll just depend, to be honest with you. Um, you know, with, with uh, again, if, if we're playing these teams and we're absolutely blowing them out, then, you know, you may have a situation where you, they are allowed to, to, to do some of the things. I don't see them necessarily passing a whole lot, but more so just making sure that the, that, that, that the runs and the calls and the, and the line checks and everything else is going to be in play before they really start trusting, you know, and, and, and somebody just kind of throwing the ball. Also, too, you got to look at it as, hey, you know, a, a lot of these teams are going to be beating the brakes off of. So do you want to still be passing the ball in the third and, you know, into the third, into the fourth quarter, you know, kind of trying to show these, these teams up and Kirby's not necessarily that, that, that type of person. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, unless you're Shane Beamer. Um, yeah, listen, right. I, I think you have to, I think you have to take into account the rule changes, um, the continuous run clock. I think that's going to play a part in how Kirby and Bobo run that offense. Um, I, I feel like our schedule, you know, we need to get, as many guys rotation, right? We need to get the rotation to get as many guys experience reps. That way, you know, considering, right, we make it to the playoffs, these guys have experience, right? In-game experience, it's going to matter. Um, so, you know, I think offensively, you know, the defense being as complimentary as it is will allow the offense more opportunities based solely because Georgia can get ahead so quickly and then force other teams to be more right one-dimensional in the pass game, create those incompletions to keep yourself some clock, and then just operate the offense. That would be that would probably be my best case scenario. I, I just think that you know you need to get as many guys experience reps because that translates to next season. Right? We've seen this over the past few years where you know you look at you know Jordan Davis and and company would be out and then you have Jalen Carter back in there and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins would get reps and then Bear Alexander this past season would get reps like I think that matters um so I'm curious to see how the new rule changes impact how Georgia plays but I think that's needed though agreed agreed so I yeah I'm excited to see how it's gonna go but again I, I agree with you as far as these guys getting reps, these guys having an opportunity to go and, uh, you know, show what they can do because, you know, in, in order to have a next man up mentality, this is, these are things that you're going to have to do um, in, in order to keep up with the times. Yeah, I mean, when you look at – I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to do this too much, but looking ahead, right, to 2024, our schedule is a lot more difficult than what it is this year. So – the potential for a more way more difficult schedule along with more games potentially i think i do think it kind of it's a chess not checkers right where you get these guys rotation and you get these guys experience i mean it also helps that your your best competition is every day at practice like you know before before kirby smart we couldn't say that you know what i mean we couldn't say that at all uh now you can right you have bloody tuesday um, I just I just think that just bodes well for Georgia. Uh, you would have to assume that. A hundred percent. You know, like you said, the, the 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 best competition is you're you're going against yourself, and and and, and fighting each and every day to make you better. Anybody else? 
And Juan Daniels might be hitting the portal soon. Uh-oh. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think Juan Daniels has hit the portal. Um, <laughs> we'll let Juan get situated again. Um, you know, listen, when you, oh, look at that. When it comes to, right, it's fall camp, and it, I see Juan is back now. Um, we talked about fall camp. There's a ton of positions, right? I, I think right, we've hit on most every position. But what that tells me as Juan leaves again, uh, what that tells me is football is right here around the corner. And with that being said, what better way to drop our second sponsor, Alumni Hall. DGDpodcast.com forward slash Alumni Hall. Listen, learn more about Alumni Hall as a company, what they offer. Um, you can shop, right? Support the Spike Squad if you'd like. Um, check them out. If you're, in, if you're in the Classic City, go to uh, 1791 Oconee Connector, uh, number 535, down in Athens, obviously. Um, go in-store, mention the show, you'll get 10% off your order. Um, make sure to follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Alumni Hall UGA. And yeah, just do yourself a favor. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for the night. Uh, obviously, a lot to talk about right, with Colorado moving, dominoes falling, camp right around the corner. A uh, big few weeks cup coming with recruiting. Uh, just going to leave that there. Uh, with that being said, have a great night and go dogs. Spring 
Everything is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.